to Trinity's daily Bible podcast, an opportunity to share scripture and hope together. Hi, this is Michael Andres, and I've gone to Trinity for 22 years. I serve as a leadership elder, and I also teach theology and missions at Northwestern College. And I wanted to talk, just reflect for a while on breakfast. I want to invite you to a breakfast on the beach, a fish breakfast. And I, I have to admit that I am often kind of drawn to the little more curious episodes in the Bible. And uh, I wanted to look with you at uh, John chapter 21, the first 14 verses, John 21. One, because it's a post-resurrection appearance, so we've just got done eating our Easter meal, celebrating, singing, eating the candy, and now what? Uh, and this is the same situation the disciples are in. They've, they've now had the awe and wonder of Jesus coming back from the dead, but here they are back to the drudgery of everyday life. What are they to do now? It also, so it's like a thrilling conference or concert or sporting event. You return to your everyday existence and struggle to integrate that experience. And I also just kind of wonder whether Jesus cares about my physical existence, everyday life. Many of us feel kind of stuck in our houses or we're worried we're going to get sick or we're not feeling well or we worry about our jobs and our social and economic lives and all the changes, um, these strange days with the coronavirus. And we wonder, is, does God even care about our physical and economic life or is he just about spiritual things? I think this passage it's really informative and, to me, kind of a, a really interesting little story about Jesus. So let me start off with uh, verse 1 and 2 and 3. So it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known, known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going to go fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. So these are the same disciples whom Christ had already appeared to. Peter says he's going to go fish. Is this him going back to his old lifestyle and career? Even could he be going, rejecting his faith in somehow? Or is he just hungry? Well, others go with him, probably lacking direction and focus in his Christian faith. And it's night. He lacks understanding. So let's pick it up in verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net in on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net in because of the large number of fish. So now it's early in the morning, the same time as Mary at the empty tomb. It's a new beginning, new light, time for a new, fresh understanding. The disciples don't get it that Jesus is talking about them. Belief sometimes comes in stages. Sometimes it takes a while for us to kind of get it. Sometimes, maybe even our present circumstances, to try to understand what is God doing here? What is he teaching us? It's not always a, a one moment of epiphany. It's sometimes a long process. And here the disciples are just kind of getting it. And then Jesus utters what seems to be a simple question. 
friends, haven't you any fish? Now, Jesus, of course, knows there's no fish in the nets. He's not asking Peter to check his fish aerator. There is a deeper meaning to this question. Have you witnessed to my guilt-absorbing death or my life-giving resurrection? Trinity family, friends, have you any fish? This recalls the language earlier in the Gospels of fishers of men. Who are those for whom you are called a disciple? How is the reality of Christ's rescue being made known in your family, in your workplace? Let it register in your brain the gravity of a dead man coming back to life. This is a game changer. And then Jesus says, throw your net in again. We'll pick it up in verse 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord! And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water, and the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the full net of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. Now fishing with Jesus sure beats fishing without him. Make sure to invite Jesus the next time you enter an angler's contest, because uh, you're going to do well. Then they get it. This is the Lord of all creation, generous giver of everything, master of fish and fowl, the rescuer and redeemer in the flesh on the shore. There he is. Peter, as is his fashion, jumps out of the boat and dashes through the water to get to Jesus. And by the way, here's our PG-13 comment for the day. He probably was fishing naked, as was the common practice, so that their wet clothes wouldn't weigh them down. And then, so he had to kind of put on his tidy whities to go see Jesus. Well, let's pick it up in verse 9 now. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, even with so so many fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So Jesus has his Weber grill already cooking. He already has fish and bread, a sign of grace and abundance. The net was full of large fish, 153, which I looked up and it's a lot. It's a triangular number. If you don't know what that is, ask him, Jungarius. Here they are already, they are truly breaking their fast, their breakfast. They caught no fish the night before, went to bed hungry, and now are enjoying a veritable feast. So they've been waiting, and now they're, Jesus is there. They're eating a, a meal, and they're full, and they're experiencing abundance. Jesus gave them bread, recalling both the multiplication of loaves, but also the Lord's Supper. This was a sacred meal. The disciples are silent. They're in awe. No one has to ask Jesus' name. By his words, and by his generosity, and by his grace, they know who he is. So think about this. A resurrection body eating a fish breakfast. You cannot have an intimate meal with a spirit or a ghost. I'll say it again. A resurrected body eating a fish breakfast. Astonishing. Since Jesus is the appetizer of the whole new humanity, a foretaste of what our resurrection bodies will be like, we learn of our glorious future on God's new heaven and new earth. Not spirits floating any airy fairy in the clouds. We will be bodily resurrected. 
God affirms our earthiness, our physicality, that we are social and economic beings. He cares deeply about our material well-being. He cares about us right now in our predicament and in our troubles. So this affirms the goodness of the physical body, means we must care for those in need and pain, take care of our body and others' bodies, and know how not to harm them. We don't need to over-spiritualize the Christian faith and heaven. Jesus is the Lord of all, not merely, doesn't merely live in our heart. He, he's going to redeem our whole bodies. And so we can affirm bodily existence. He affirms the goodness of work, certainly fishing. We must see our workplace, our lives, our everyday lives and economic lives as spiritual, part of God's redemptive plan. Pastors are not the only ones with a holy calling. He affirms God's care for our economic life and our jobs. The net is not torn, verse 11 which shows that Jesus cares about their economic means and their equipment. The spiritual life does not mean diminishing of our material life. God cares about jobs and means of substance. We must take care to be a just people in the lifestyles we live, in the policies we support, the prophetic voice God has given us. Have we torn any nets? God, this passage also affirms the blessing of food and eating. We must care for the hungry. Why we want to carry meals to those who need them now in these times of social isolation. We make meals as, as a time to meet God and find illumination and affirms God's intent for abundance, not scarcity, not a, and also not excess. God is generous. Are you inviting others to a robust breakfast? So God does care. He comes and meets us where we are, proximity. He, he, he eats us meal with his friends on the, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he is with us. He is with us in our physical lives, in our jobs, in our, our meal eating, in our cares, and in our sickness. Jesus comes to us, and through the resurrection, he gives us a promise of new resurrected body and life. We can experience that even now, and in its fullness, in the new heavens and new earth. So I hope you experience God with you, that God, Jesus, is finding his place with you, and that you are uh, experiencing the hope of the resurrection in this season. Even after Easter, we're living Easter every day. So Jesus is inviting you to breakfast today and this morning. Once you take him up on it? Peace. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope to see you next time right here on the Trinity Daily Bible Podcast.